name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Tonight we celebrate and remember the patron saint of this holy and blessed community, the Apostle Saint Peter. We celebrate tonight the feast of the chair of Saint Peter at Antioch. Now, the church at Antioch had already been established and founded, but it would, it would become a central location of oversight for the church. In fact, even the Apostle Paul and Barnabas would launch many of their missionary journeys from Antioch. It would become one of the original, as we know, five patriarchates in the church. And our St. Peter, he would go and become the first patriarch and would spend seven years in spiritual oversight of Antioch and the region all around it. I mentioned in an, in an email errantly, forgive me, I put two instead of seven years. He was there for seven years overseeing the church, seeing it grow. I consider it an incredible honor to have St. Peter as our patron saint of this community. In fact, he has become and continues to grow to be very impactful in my life and very meaningful to me. And it ought to be so with all of us who need to get to know the patron saints of our community. I'm thankful for him because his life of falling down, tripping on himself and his humanity time and time again, and yet repenting with tears. And being raised up by his Savior, Jesus Christ, gives me and should give all of us great hope in our lives. Let me just mention two examples of the many just from Scripture. Two examples of him falling and repenting and being lifted up. The first is when our Lord Jesus Christ invites Peter to come out of the boat and walk on the water with him in the midst of the great storm. We're told in those Scriptures in that Gospel reading... That as St. Peter kept his face set upon Christ, the miraculous occurred in him and all around him. He walked on the water above the circumstances of the storm and his soul was calmed supernaturally by the peace and presence of Jesus Christ. As he gazed at Christ's face, he remained above it all. But even with all of the experiences that Peter had had with Christ up to that point, seeing all that Jesus did, and even in the midst of that experience that he was having, this blessed man got distracted. And he took his face off of Christ. And we're told that when he took his face off of Christ, setting it back on the storm and the turbulence, that he sunk in it again and began to drown. Do we not see all of ourselves in we walk through this life and Christ is revealing himself to us as our souls open up to him. We're being lifted up to him more and more and the peace that passes understanding supersedes everything that goes on in this world until distraction. Distraction. We take our faces off of Christ and we sink down into the fears and the anxieties of this world. But even when Peter was drowning, in what he feared most of the storm. He cried out to Jesus, save me. Two words, save me. 
And even after he'd taken his eyes off of Christ and sunk down so low, the Lord stretched out his arm again to Peter and saved him, raised him up again and placed him in safety and in the boat, as he will do for all of us every time we cry out to return to him. Every time. Or how about Peter's lowest point? At least I think it is. When he denied the Savior that he loved in his heart three times to preserve his own life. To deny his Lord Jesus Christ at the very moment that he was undergoing the trial and being hit and falsely accused by the religious leaders of that day. Peter denies his Lord three times. I don't know him. Three times. Do we not deny Christ all the time in our life? We absolutely do. We deny him for who he fully is for us and all that he can do in our lives many times over. We deny Christ in his handiwork of healing that he wants to do in our lives. And we deny him by walking away from him in those distractions so that we can go about our lives the way that we see fit. What does Peter do immediately after he rejects and forsakes the one that his heart really loved, his Lord? He is grieved to his core, appropriately. And he weeps bitter tears of lament. He's weeping over his sin against his Savior, horrified by what he'd done. And don't let it go right there. Don't think it stopped right there. You need to understand that this blessed saint stayed in that grief, horrified by what he had done all the way through Christ's scourging, all the way through his crucifixion and his burial. And what's he remembering was his last thing he did for his Savior? Rejecting him. All the way through. But after the resurrection, what would Jesus do for his beloved? He would stretch forth his hand his mighty and his merciful hand, and save Peter by giving him the perfect and just means of redemption. He would ask Peter three times, the same amount of times that he denied Christ. He would ask Peter three times, Peter, do you love me? He went from rejection to a public testimony of his endearing love for his Savior. Three times, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And through that, our Lord redeemed, lifted Peter up, reestablished. He was reestablished by the love of his Savior for him. And what gives me even more hope, this saint who blows it like that, what gives me even more hope is what Jesus, having reestablished Peter time and time again, what Jesus would accomplish through this man. Because he kept returning asking to be helped and saved and redeemed so many times fallen so many times but coming back to Christ to be raised up I'll tell you what he did the good works of Jesus Christ were done through that earthen vessel think of some of them through St. Peter Christ beyond Pentecost the lame walked again Jesus Christ through the shadow of St. Peter. Acts tells us that when the shadow, just the shadow of this blessed man, 
would come over some of those who were ill, they would find the healing work of Jesus Christ. And don't forget this, that our Lord Jesus Christ would even raise the dead through this earthen vessel. St. Peter would fall, St. Peter would sink, and he would cry tears of repentance and cry out to be saved, and time and time again, Christ would raise him up again and again and would transform St. Peter to be a vessel through which salvation would come to many souls. By the way, that, my friends, is called the picture of repentance unto salvation. And it isn't for that man alone. The saints are an example of what is for all of us in our lives. To fall, to let Christ lift us up, dust us off, cleanse us, and like Isaiah, use us in ways we never thought possible. That's repentance unto salvation. May St. Peter pray for us that we may live that pattern so that the good works of Jesus Christ are done for us for the sake of our own soul and for others. Before I close, I want to mention to you something about our being blessed with the chains that held this man, St. Peter, tonight at the end of Mass. At the end of Mass, everyone is just going to come down to the front and will be blessed with a relic of the chains of St. Peter. And you may kiss the relic. And once you do, you may leave in silence. You can depart at that point. But I want you to understand what it is we're being blessed with tonight. In the church, we have had two sets of the chains of St. Peter. Two sets have been kept since his life and beyond his martyrdom in the church. The first set of the chains that held St. Peter just before his martyrdom in Rome. And both those chains are in Rome itself. But there's another set of chains. The chains that held St. Peter when he was in prison. And you remember in Acts chapter 12 when the angel came? To St. Peter and released him and it says the chains just fell off and the angel directed him out because he wasn't done with him yet, right? The disciples who had visited Peter, other Christ's disciples who had visited Peter in prison went and got those chains. Those chains were kept in Jerusalem for 300 years. And we have historical testimony of many times the infirm would go to see those chains that held the blessed apostle, and many of them would find the healing of Jesus Christ in their lives. And after 300 years, one of those two chains was delivered to Rome and the other to Constantinople. And by the blessed love of Bishop Basil, the original bishop who brought this church in, we have a sliver of the chains of which I speak tonight. A sliver of the chains that held him that were released by the angel and that Christ through what he had created would heal men. So when you come forward, remember the work of the Lord your God and remember the whole purpose of the relics. They're not magic. They're ongoing testimonies that death has been conquered. The ministry of Christ continues to minister through those things that have to do with the saints. That that grace can be imparted to us. And so we open our souls for the blessing of Christ through those. And that's what we'll do tonight. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.